What's going on, Tim? So welcome to the third episode of The Mess We're In. I'm really happy to be doing this. It's going to be recorded live on Instagram, um, something I haven't done before. I'm kind of excited about it. We're going to be talking the Patriots, ESPN Ocho, uh, and then finally wrap it up with the political parties. So without any further ado, let's go. So I want to start off by talking about my team, the Patriots, now that we're out of the draft and everything. And the biggest surprise for me, at least, is that we didn't we didn't pick up a QB, and we have one QB to my knowledge that is any good. Um, that's Jason Stidham, and he's more he's faster, he's more agile, he moves better uh, than Tom Brady did, and he's got an arm. Now, what this means is it can give us a new offense, possibly allow us to try to replicate what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. Do I think it's going to work? God no, but I mean it doesn't hurt to dream. ESPN this past weekend also aired ESPN The Ocho, which houses all sorts of amazing sports like professional arm wrestling, cheese rolling, frog jumping, the Tetris World Championship, the stone skipping competition, putt-putt, cherry pit spitting, and a hamburger eating competition. And I'm telling you, with that being the only sports that's on, I really need some real sports to come back. But, you know, the real reason that I like talking about sports and try to open these up talking about sports is that they have a real unique ability to unite us. They bring people from different backgrounds, cultures, faiths, and political beliefs together for the love of the sport. I mean, just take football, for example. Almost every year, it unites fans across the country in their hatred of the New England Patriots. And Lord knows we need some uniting, especially in our times today. We live in some crazy times, but what I think really defines this period for our country isn't the crisis that we're in right now, and it isn't Trump. It's the intense fighting and the growing partisanship. And when we look at the charts and we look at the graphs, I mean, this makes sense. We had a growing ideological divide between our liberals and our conservatives that started roughly 2010. And, I mean, obviously this has an effect on our politics. You know, less can get done, there's more heated debate, there's more gridlock. But, I mean, it's seeping beyond politics and into our daily lives. The Pew Research Center put out a study that found that 71% of single Democrats said they would not date someone who voted for Trump. And that's compared to 47% of Republicans who said they wouldn't date someone who voted for Clinton. I mean, what is wrong with us? We are at a point where we are letting our politics determine and guide our private and public lives instead of our own morals and our own values. And who can we blame for this? Why has this happened? Now, in part, we can blame the political parties. They have fueled this, and they continue to fuel this. They blame and They plan and coordinate attacks on the opposing parties, their leaders, and the party itself, both in government and through the millions they spend on ads and social media. And to be honest with you, this is really the reason that I hate political parties. And I really more so like to refer to them as our tribes today. Both of them demand an unwavering loyalty, and in return, you get the privilege of belonging. Take this, for example, if you're a Republican who dislikes Trump, you are endlessly attacked by the Republican Party as a fake, a fraud. 
if you're a Democrat who didn't vote for Clinton, you're endlessly blamed by the Democratic Party as the single reason that Trump won. And even more, we're in a time where we use the parties more as a form of our identity, not necessarily as a way to develop thoughts and the policy in the way that they were originally founded and originally set up. The parties are way more focused on winning elections and gaining power than they are in actually fixing our problems today. Every cycle, both tar- parties talk about the imperative need that they win. And when they do win, they get nothing meaningful done. They don't solve any problems. They only focus on trying to get more power. And in the few times that you know meaningful big legislation or big ideas have been brought up, the tries go to any length to get their way. For them, the ends always justify the means. And we all get caught up in, I mean, the tactics of the rhetoric or the emotions and not in the actual ideas or what they mean for us as individuals, for us as a country and for us as the states. And I got to tell you, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the lies that both the parties tell. I'm tired of the bullying they both do. I'm tired of both of them acting like they are the definition of morality and what is right. And I'm just so damned tired. So first and foremost, I want to dispel this belief that you have to join a party when you register to vote. There are more independents in this country than members of either party. Roughly 4 in 10 Americans are independent. And while these independents may lean to one party or another, which is fine, I get that, by registering unaffiliated, they give themselves freedom. The freedom to think for themselves, to vote for whoever they want, to not be lied to and be told that this is your choice. Second thing is a need in this country, and it's in its open primaries. The way open primaries work is anybody who is registered to vote goes to the polls and asks for either the Democrat, Republican, or the unaffiliated ballot, regardless of what their party affiliation is. They can vote in one of the three, any one that they choose. Now, there are some valid points to argue against this, and I get that, but think about this for a moment. Less than 10% of congressional elections are considered competitive. This means that 90% of the elections are basically determined in a primary election. This is a problem because to begin with, primary elections see very low turnout rates. Less people participate in them. Less people go to vote in them. And the few people who do vote in them, the few people who do get involved in them, the super politically engaged generally have stronger opinions, more polarized, more political opinions than the majority of other Americans. The resulting candidates from the primary, the most likely winner in 90% of those elections is going to have more stronger and more polarized political beliefs. This means that the 4 in 10 independents in that minority party in whatever district it is, they have to live with whatever the small portion of partisans vote for to represent them. But if open primaries were the norm across the country, the independents could vote in the primary for whichever candidate they wanted to represent them. And the minority could party could do to could to if they wanted. Sorry, can't read. And just take this cycle. 40% of America was told that this is your two options in November. It's either Biden or it's Trump. They didn't get any say in it. 
we knew Trump would win the Republican nomination. So not considering that on the Democrat side, less than 30% of Americans decided who the other option would be. 31% of America is a registered Democrat. But all the other candidates dropped out before a large portion of them could vote for their choice anyway. So it's less than 30% decided Biden. This is so screwed up. The two minorities, the two political parties, the two minorities, hand the largest political group in America, independents, their two options, which neither of which represent them and are always more polarized than where their actual beliefs are. Political parties are weakening us as a country. And when you register with the parties, you enable this. You enable them to grow, to build up, to continue dividing the country. They are the tribes of today. And they are the biggest threat to our country, 